welcome back to Decoding Decarbonization. In this episode, we're really looking at how each company's sustainability journey is going to be different and that some of the variables that really impact a corporate decarbonization strategy include the industry, the physical location of the building assets, and the differentiating corporate sustainability philosophies. And so the key to meeting net zero goals will be to select the decarbonization levers that are unique to each location and can move the needle quickly. So on today's Decoding Decarbonization podcast, we have Barry Powell, who's head of the EP electrical products business for Siemens North America, and he's going to talk about exactly that. How do you select which levers across a large footprint of manufacturing facilities? Also going to talk about how important the people that are working at those facilities are to that transformation. So welcome, Barry. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Stacey. So on the last episode, we talked with Matt Helgeson, who's sustainability for Siemens US, about prioritization of footprint at a corporate level and discussed really the, the prioritization based on carbon emissions. When you're, you own a bunch of manufacturing facilities, how did your business go through the exercise of prioritization to align with that emissions-based analysis? No, thank you, Stacey. And again, I think when you look at it at a corporate level, it's kind of simplistic. You're looking at which sites have the most emissions. We start at the kind of worst emitters and work down. Uh, running the business is a little bit more complex than that. Um, Obviously, that's one factor that went into the sequencing of things, but we needed to look at, um, for our business, our uh, our paint systems, our, our powder paint systems are the huge uh, carbon emitters and really where we'll get the most impact. And to sequence which ones we would replace first, uh, replace a gas system with electric system, we had to look at the age of the existing paint systems. Obviously, it makes sense to replace maybe an older system quicker than a new one. But also, we're in an environment right now where demand for our products is at an all-time high, and we're renovating several facilities. So we took kind of the corporate priority list. I worked with John Dolan and our operations leadership and balanced out other priorities around construction and equipment life to try to optimize the impact, still getting a big carbon impact on some of the earlier sites, but to tie them in with other construction projects so maybe we could get two or three benefits like additional capacity or an insurance policy around an old equipment not breaking down at the same time we're getting the sustainability benefit. And so you've you've talked about some of that justification, but really you're trying to implement new equipment while maintaining productivity, while maintaining quality, while maintaining safety, what are some of the other justifications that you used just from a business case standpoint? Well, again, I think as a company, we're preaching sustainability. We're preaching electrification of processes. And we think the best way to be a credible uh, supplier in that story is to you know, practice what we preach. And so we feel like you know, by employing these paint systems, we're going to be able to be a showcase factory for our customers. They can come in and see what we're doing, and it's going to make them much more likely to want to go head down that path themselves. Um, it's also, you know, our employees, they want to feel like they're making a difference in the world and not just 
making equipment. So definitely as we head down the sustainability journey, it is a source of employee pride. And again, we think for smart infrastructure division, it's just good overall business. You brought up something around customers walking through and and that really being a, a motivator. And I think that's the motivation piece certainly is is beneficial. I think the other piece is then the how to, how do they go about doing this? So when you think about some of those keys to success, once they have that motivation and drive to go forward, what were some of those key to, keys to success as you built it into your existing building operations? I think uh, a couple things here. First of all, um, taking a concept, oh yeah, we want to reduce our emissions and really doing the energy audit work, really understanding the sources of where our emissions were. And, and this is something that, uh, you know, Pat Colley and the Kyle Milton and others inside our business worked with some colleagues on the energy management side of the RSS uh, business inside of smart infrastructure to put together a plan to understand, okay, hey, the paint system is X, uh, the HVAC system is Y. Um, going from traditional lighting to LED lighting helps us, you know, this much more. So I think, you know, making a, you know, making an actual plan is a key thing. The other thing is, with these paint systems, we've had to work with the paint, you know, paint suppliers and the paint system suppliers because no one's done this. And so we've had to really work with our suppliers on fundamental technology because we're breaking ground that hasn't been broken before. Um, and I think, you know, again, I was at a recent you know, women in manufacturing conference and questions came from some of the people in the audience about, hey, how do we get started? And it's, again, I think that getting that energy audit done and getting a plan down on paper is just a massive first step. Yeah, and I know we uh, we hope to talk to Pat Nikhil in, in future episodes around what does that implementation actually look like and, and having them be managing that implementation having having been very critical. Um, you know, you, you talked about once you get planning, you're working with suppliers, you're working with um, different folks within the manufacturing facility. What are some of the big challenges that you've seen as you've gone down this road? I think it's one of of focus and bandwidth. And right now we're in a business that has tripled in size and or doubled in size in the last three years. And so we have a lot going on aside from construction projects around sustainability. So to make sure that we got proper attention to these projects, we have assigned you know, dedicated project managers, and we had you know, Pat Colley in the front end and the Kyle Milton leading the execution right now, putting this new paint line in our Grand Prairie, Texas facility. So we've got someone focused day in and day out. They're getting up and their job is to make sure that we're staying on the path we need to. Uh, you know, aside from, I'll say the bandwidth challenges right now, again, you've got a factory running full out with demand a year into the future. Um, it's, it's a technology thing. You know, we're gonna put in this new paint system we don't know what we don't know at this point. You know, we've done test samples and everything looks like it's going to be fine in terms of, you know, paint adhering to the metal, passing salt spray and whatnot. But we're going to, you know, we're going to be breaking again new ground and have to see how it goes. Um, and so 
we're going to have to kind of be agile with the approach and uh, and you know over the next several months um, we'll learn from this first paint system and the great thing is you know we're looking at putting similar systems in in about a half dozen other locations we're hopefully going to learn from the first one and apply same of the same approaches to the other sites Barry you're talking about a couple different situations here brownfield retrofits you're talking about greenfield expansion at some of your facilities can you talk to me about the the challenges and differences between those two yes Stacey. so the greenfield aside from just the construction challenges of building a new building is a lot simpler if i'm putting a new paint line in i just put a new paint line um, whereas with the brownfield factory we need to keep production going of the old system until we have the new system up and running. So thus in Grand Prairie, um, I, I use the analogy of a bridge. We have to get, we have to keep the old bridge constructed until we completely finish the new bridge and it's working. So we had to do an addition on the building, put the new paint line in, ensure it's working before we can tear down the old one. So there's extra steps in the process there because we've got to maintain production on the old system until the new system's ready. And that's a lot of extra work. And, you know, that applies to, you know, a paint line and a manufacturing system. It also applies to things like HVAC systems. You know, hey, we got to replace these one at a time and make sure that we are maintaining adequate HVAC for the building. So Brownfield is definitely a little bit more complex. So I'm going to ask the obvious question. You, you mentioned that you've got demand coming out your ears and you mentioned that you're implementing a bunch of new equipment. How did you combine those two things or balance those two things? It's, it's, it's really a matter of, I guess, planning and trying to balance out priorities. You know, there's priorities for the business in the short term in terms of financials. Um, there are certain you know, penalties for late shipments. We have a certain customers and we're really trying to balance out, let's say, the, the tactics of the next six to 12 months with, uh, with the strategy. I mean, I think as a company, we have pretty strong targets with the degree program between now and 2030. And we got to make sure that we're not starting those, the journey of those targets in 2028. We need to get stuff done in 2024 and 2025 and that's what has led us, you know, down a path here that, you know, we're hiring more people and we're trying to do more at the same time and keep things balanced out. So with 2030 in your sites, after you finish these upgrades, what's next? Is the plant where it needs to be 100%? No, absolutely not. I mean, even as, as we speak, um, you know, we have programs going on to reduce solid waste in our factories. We have activities going on to fully digitalize the instruction manuals that come with literally millions of products that we manufacture today. Um, Eco-friendly packaging, eco-friendly circular design. You know, there's just touching every part of the business. Um, again, if I look at uh, our factory in Monterey, Mexico, Today, they're making I don't know, 30 million plus residential circuit breakers. All right, how do I get rid of boxes for 30 million circuit breakers? How do I you know, reduce 
waste just a little bit, multiply that 30 million times. And again, we have several other product lines, but uh, this will be a continuous journey for the next several years. Yeah. And so thinking about the journey that you're on, I think one of the big questions that that I always hear is from a financial perspective, how do you justify that investment? Again, we have been very fortunate that uh, we're in a growth mode. And so, for example, this first paint system, we're getting three benefits at the same time. We're getting the sustainability benefit. Um, actually, when we put the new paint line in, we've done an addition to the building, which will allow us to add more capacity when we remove the old paint line. So the second benefit is additional capacity for a strong market demand. And third, we're replacing a paint line that's 25 plus years old. And there's risk of that going down in the next few years. So again, the third benefit is somewhat of an insurance policy. Some sites, we're going to have the benefit of getting, you know, multiple things out of one investment. I think where it gets a little bit more challenging is if I've got a site that we're doing this solely for sustainability reasons. Um, you know, it, it's this is where the company has to put its money where its mouth is. You know, are we going to be willing to go spend five million dollars of hard assets for the soft benefits of, you know, of sustainability? You know, I will tell you, we have customers, you know, asking for things that are sustainable. I'll take Sonopar, one of our largest distributors. You know, I was at one of their leadership events in the last 12 months where they said, hey, you know, there's going to be a future state in the next few years where we're not recommending the lowest cost product. We're recommending the most green product. And so that's something we need to, you know, keep in mind as, uh, you know, we deal with perhaps the challenge of, you know, spending million, you know, $5 million on a new paint line without really having an immediate hard benefit. So. Well, and I think one of the things that, that we talked about previously in the, in the last episode was the importance of leadership on this topic. And you clearly are, are a, a leader in sustainability within your organization. To close out, what would be your recommendation to other leaders as they start progress on this journey within their organizations? Stacey, I think that this needs to be part of the business strategy for each of the businesses inside Siemens. Our, you know, our strategy board for the electrical products business globally, uh, we're meeting after the Siemens business conference for eight hours, and it's on three topics, and one of the three is sustainability. So, you know, we have a board mandate. And that board mandate then needs to be taken down to actionable items by each of the business units. Um, and I think that it's really imperative that the leaders of the business units take that on to go execute, because if you don't have that visible leadership in the business units, you know, this board level mandate is not going to get done. Well, Barry, thanks so much for being here with us today very compelling. Your leadership is is world-class and much appreciated. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about technology, a little bit about the people behind the scenes that make this, that make this work. 
and really what it takes across a, a wide range of facilities, greenfield, brownfield, as you're pushing, pushing forward into uncharted territory. So thanks for being here today. Appreciate your time. Thank you much. To listen to our next podcast, Strategies to Consider for Conversion to EV Corporate Fleets, subscribe to the Siemens Decoding Decarbonization Series on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs>